You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazoni, part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. Doug, the Giants went three and three this week, so they're sticking to their 500 plan, even though they're they're overall four and five. Mediocrity is the watchword. That's what I always say. You can't get to good without first being mediocre. It's all part of the plan. Yeah, they got to three and three in the most interesting way possible. Yeah. If you're listening, if you're listening to us, you have obviously, as a result, been watching the Giants this week, and it was a real peaks and valleys week. I think you'd agree. <laughs> it was, and sometimes the peaks and valleys came in the same game. That's right. One was That's a peak right. and then a valley, and then the next game was a valley and then a peak. <laughs> the There was a little bit of a running joke about the, the even-year bullshit having given way to the even-game bullshit. That was very enjoyable. The Giants had a chance to go over 500. They had a chance to be 5-4, uh, and four, but but not for some uh, for their pitching plan getting in the way of the of the pesky win thing there. I, I think the most egregious loss, of course, the Giants suffered this past week. They were up 5 nothing on the Royals on Saturday, and they wound up losing the game 6-5. to A combination of two things, Ross Stripling and Camilo Duvall just absolutely throwing a pitch to the backstop. <laughs> but Ross Stripling really, 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 really making me regret saying this was a perfect Giants sign. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was, it's an attack on you personally, is what it is. In his two appearances, he's lived up to every naysaying Giants fan's opinion of the move. You know, a a soft-tossing guy who gets hit, like batting practice. Home runs and walks, the two things he's supposed to be good at, (laughs) not good at. (laughs) Is Ross Stripling just a years-long psyop by the Dodgers? I, I think we have to ask the question. Two years uh, long, because this is he's not up to now. Year. Yeah, multiple <laughs> years long. That the Dodgers developed him. They made him pretty good. They sent him to the Blue Jays, where he finally had a good year, in the hopes that the Giants would sign him, and then the whole league would just tee off on him. you got to give it up to the Dodgers for this plan. They're, they're really... you Tip your cap. Well, this coincides with the other bit of Giants news that we learned this week. The Giants had uh, Farhan Zaidi, or this past week. Farhan Zaidi has been extended... The Giants had an option for him for 2024, and they've exercised it, and they hope to continue beyond that. But to your point about the PSYOP, you know, he and Stripling going off and riding off in the sunset together <laughs> after next season, it's all, all the pieces are there. <laughs> uh, but Ross Stripling blowing in the first week of the season is not the uh, the big story. The big story is that the Giants can really hit some home runs, Doug. They're they're a digger team team. They're a big strong digger team, apparently. If you didn't watch, because the Giants have played only day games so far, which is an incredible quirk of the schedule. Absolutely bonkers how <laughs> that that's been the case. But they they managed to hit. They should have hit more, but they <laughs> they hit thirteen home runs in Chicago. They should have hit a fourteenth home run. It had not been for. Louis Robert uh, robbing Jock Peterson in the Monday game. But in that game, they hit seven home runs in one game. They had five home runs on Thursday and all of them sounded amazing. Like actual flip flapping cracks of the bat. They also homered in the loss. 
the Michael Conforto homered to uh, give them the lead in the eighth inning of Sunday's game. They homered in Sunday, you know, in, in Saturday's game. I want you to analyze that in a second, Doug, but I also want to throw in there. Turns out the balls might be juiced as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Though, you know, if the, if the Giants are the brilliant front office team that we think they are, maybe they knew the balls would be juiced and they just signed a bunch of fly ball hitters thinking, hey, we're going to get an advantage here. You can never put it past Farhan. I agree. No, I, I mean, at the end of the day, they were like, let's get guys who can hit the ball hard and preferably line drive or in or even higher in the air. And let's just go nuts. Whether they knew the balls were juiced or not, that was still their plan going into the season. The guys that they got. But Doug, do you have any favorite home runs from this past week? Because <laughs> there were a lot. You know, I'm kind of a basic bitch on this one, but you, I got to go with Conforto on Sunday. Uh, that was a game that it hit the the when the bottom of the eighth started it was it kind of felt like the season was over like why were we ever optimistic about this team what are we doing they're a bunch of dumb idiots anthony scalfani is apparently good it doesn't even matter they're wasting this and then uh michael Conforto. you know i don't no no short shrift to, to bryce johnson and uh and wilmer flores you know who scored the who got the tying run bryce johnson scored the tying run wilmer Flores drove him in, but Conforto hit that that monster homer, and you're just looking at him like, oh right, yeah, th- this team can, this team isn't terrible. I I can calm down, I can relax, I can find my zen place, uh, I can say some some zen koans. I don't know if I'm saying that word right. Uh, I thought it was just cones. Is it cones? Okay. I, I really did think it was just pronounced cone. It might be, yeah. And then I can. Just- at- I, I did look it up, and I think, yeah, Google says koan. Okay, fair enough. You know, you could also pronounce some Buddhist cones. Uh, just, <laughs> like, go to a Buddhist monastery and be like, hey, they got some cones there in the parking, in the parking space. No one's parking there. Now, I didn't uh, know how to pronounce cone, and I misidentified the number of in-division games that the teams will be playing each other. All this time, I thought it was 14. Now it's, it's 13, so I have that information 13, correct. Yeah. And I also thought that, um, what's the third thing? There's got to be a rule of three here. Oh, I wrote an article, and I misidentified Chris Bubich as Kyle Bubich, the, the pitcher for the Royals on Sunday. So there's the three. But what I wasn't wrong on, at was Anthony DiSclefani being in my write up on Monday that him being good was a really positive sign in so many different ways. And I believe you and I talked about DiSclefani being an interesting guy to watch, even as we were making fun of the whole best shape of right. his life and this, this, and that. But he's had two starts and he's looked as good as he ever has. Yeah. No, he's, he's looked great so far this season. So I, I wanted to go through like what in the two series, we're not going to go through each game we don't want to do that. But like what stood out to us positively and negatively from the week and like uh, Di Scafani pitched in both series. So I'm just talking about Anthony Di Scafani. People can laugh at, at that and all that because he wasn't good against the Dodgers, but except for the Dodgers in 2021, he was a top 25 pitcher in the national league starting pitcher. He was a three win player, three wins above replacement. Uh, and he was a top 30 player uh, pitcher starting pitcher in MLB in 2021 he was extremely valuable. So we're kind of half laughing at the giants going, ha ha, because look at, they're just kind of a mediocre team. 
we should be giving them the other half should be praised because this pitching program that they have, what or you know, paper scouting, their uh, ability to use technology to enhance uh, skill sets. You know, it's working for Di Scalfani. They've identified they identified something in him and they maximized it, right? And it's the same on the pitching on the hitting side with. You know, can Conforto do it? Can this guy be effective? You know, we fix a swing, this or that. The Giants do do some good things. And this past week, I think exactly what you were saying. We saw the good and the bad of what the Giants can do. Di Scalfani, though, is there anything you want to say about him? You know, if he's back, that's a, that's huge for the Giants. Because not to say I was completely writing him off, but it kind of in my mind, I'm like, well, I mean, who knows how many good starting pitchers the Giants are really going to have. They just have a bunch of guys and they're like, hopefully we'll get five good ones out of it. You know, between right. Webb and Di Scalfani and, uh, and Manaya and Stripling and Wood and uh, I'm forgetting someone and I'm forgetting someone else and Junis and Kyle Harrison, you know, they'll get five good pitchers. Uh, Alex Cobb, I was forgetting Alex Cobb. And so just to have sort of, if Di Scalfani is one of them, you know, he was sort of one of the guys who, if you gave a, a chance it would not be higher than 50%. So that's, that's kind of a big boon for the team, especially with Stripling uh, looking real bad the way he has so far this year. Yes, that's the downside with Stripling sort of not coming in to the expectations or hitting the identifiers that their pitching program, their scouting has identified. He has looked really bad, but they've added a velocity to Sean Manaya, which held up in his six-inning start. He didn't look too sharp in that relief appearance that he had which was his first appearance of the year but he looked really good um, against the Royals the other day so I mean it is just one of those things where it's like you could look at Stripling and say it's just early in the season it's literally two appearances Uh, if he's not hitting his spots he's going to get hit hard I don't I don't think you could look at his numbers and and think anything other than that it's like this guy had better be good with his command otherwise he's in trouble and and he hasn't been uh, Jeff Young, a writer uh, about the Giants, he just wanted he pointed out something about this past series against the uh, Royals. The starting pitchers, Cobb, Benaya, and Di Scalfani, 19.1 innings, 13 hits, four and runs, two walks, 21 strikeouts. We saw yeah. Logan Webb have a bunch of strikeouts in his first game. You know, I think the new rules are affecting the batting average on balls in play for Logan Webb. That's going to be an interesting story to watch. But I don't think you can look at the Giants pitching pretty much and say this is a problem or something to be concerned about. I, I think we I, maybe they're not quite 100 percent their best right now, but they look pretty close to it. Yeah, I mean, they seem like they're a good group of starters. And that's something, you know, last year they had trouble finding five guys who could start games. And so that's why they went out this year and they got Manaya and Stripling for one spot in the rotation. And they also pushed Jelly, uh, Sean Jelly's velocity. He's the other one I forgot. And they also are hoping for good things from Kyle Harrison. And they also have Jacob Junis, you know, waiting in reserve just in case. Because what happened last year is they, you know, we talked about it last year. They they overused their bullpen. Uh, they had so many of those bullpen games. They had so many games where uh, Alex Wood in particular would like five and dive, four and dive. Um and then they had to cover a bunch of innings. And then the next game, they had to cover a bunch of innings. And they got tired, and the bullpen looked bad. So, I mean, having five starters who can pitch relatively deep into game, as deep into the game as starters pitch nowadays, um, and give your bullpen, make your bullpen only have to cover three innings, 
that that's would be a huge advantage not just now but um especially later in the season when arms can get tired like you don't want to throw tyler rogers out there 80 times again and also i've noticed in the early early going you know john brebbia who has been our pick to fall apart this year <laughs> but john brebbia not having to pitch basically every day or every other day he's throwing 94 yeah he's throwing yeah, a little bit harder and and, it's been uh, a huge deal. Um, and it turns out Taylor Rogers should have been our pick to fall apart. And, you know, we, we own that. That's on us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Taylor Rogers was able to avoid giving up a home run in his appearance on Sunday, but it was still a double he gave up. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, let's bring it back to the to the lineup. Not because that's a striking problem, but just from what we've seen uh, through nine games, I think as good as the pitching has looked, uh, the offense has looked pretty, pretty good. Not great. You know, you see, you see (laughs) that they're missing a Mitch Haniger and Carlos Correa (laughs) or Aaron judge, which was their plan, right? Their whole plan. The off season was, we're going to get, we're going to either Aaron judge or Carlos Correa plus Mitch Haniger. That Mitch Haniger is always part of the design. And, um, and I don't think that you could say that Conforto and Haniger is where they want to, where they necessarily want to be, but they're clearly missing one other guy in the lineup for the most part. Having said that, the guys that are in the lineup, I feel like they're giving pretty quality at bats all the way around. Lamont Wade is fantastic at the top of the order. Uh, he's playing pretty good defense at first base as well. Tyro Estrada feels like he's picking up from a hot streak he had last year. You know what I mean? Like Tyro Estrada is playing very well. Brandon Crawford has looked okay. I'm squinting. And David ER, <laughs> David VR is showing flashes. And I think the outfield overall is probably the, the wonkier. Conforto seems like he's starting to get it going. I mean, everyone's got to remember he missed an entire full proper baseball season. Like that's, that's going to mess with you no matter where you are in the age range. So that's important, but he seems like he's, you can see exactly why the talent people are excited about him. The Mets fans you and I have interfaced with, they're like, so lucky to have Michael Conforto on your team. And we're like, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So right now, as of uh, after Sunday's game, uh, Michael Conforto is up to a 134 WRC plus. So he's hitting 253, 72, 500, which, hey, do that all year. Right. I think we'll all be happy. Coming into Sunday's game in 39 plate appearances, so but before he hit the home run, still his weighted on base average was 350. His 36% strikeout percentage, basically the, the biggest red flag you could possibly have with the hitter. But I just want to say his average exit velocity is 95. So he's averaging a hard hit rate. A hard hit ball is his yeah. average exit velocity. Again, through nine games, but still uh, pretty impressive to start the season. Yeah, and he stole a base on Sunday. So, I mean, yeah. he's he's doing it all. Yeah. But is there anyone on the on the lineup that you feel like we need to talk about a little bit more specifically? Because, again, I, it, it's early enough in the season, you can't really point at someone and say that's a problem. Everyone's kind of almost playing up to where they're expected to be, which again, could be a, that's its own condemnation of the Giants. Uh, But, you know, I'm not really seeing anything where I'm like, that's, that's alarming. I mean, so there is of course one spot in the lineup that we're a little worried about. I think what a perfect transition. (laughs) Bam. Nailed it. We got, we got like five years into this. Finally got a good segue. The, The catcher spot is obviously something to worry about. 
Roberto Perez was not hitting well before he got he got injured. You know, it was early in the season, not to say he was going to keep doing that all year, but he's not known for his bat, and he wasn't showing much of a bat. Uh, then he got injured. Joey Bart got injured. It's, he should be back soon, they're saying. Uh, Blake Sable has had a couple games where he did something, but otherwise he's looked like a rookie. Uh, and Austin Wins is now on the team again. <laughs> and that that's all they've got. <laughs> well, they did sign. Um, yeah, they did sign Gary Sanchez. That's uh, an important uh, signing and he'll have an opt out on four thirty. And I'm sure that the giants are desperate to pay him the prorated $4 million to get him on the roster. He'll add an interesting dynamic. I mean, if it winds up being Bart and Sanchez or Sanchez and Bart with the uh, Sable swapping in and out, I think that'll be a good position. That's the Giants will be happy with that. Yeah, and if they can both be passable catchers, like if they're both major league caliber, then the Giants will take it. Um, but it's still sort of a spot in the lineup where even if Gary Sanchez comes up and he's, you know, 70th percentile of what you'd expect from him, that's not that good. You know, he's his his best days are were a lot of years ago now. I don't know, like three years ago now. That's a long time in baseball terms. And so what you expect from him now is like a major leaguer, but you don't expect the guy who was an all-star with the Yankees in like 2017, 2019. He had a OPS plus of one nineteen. Yeah. And so four uh, years ago. And, and then yeah. I, I think with the, the big thing with Sanchez is um, I'm not looking at a stat cast data, but this is my suspicion for why he's the giants were interested in and in him at all. He is a guy you could probably pitch to, of course, but if you make a mistake, he's more likely to crush a mistake than than any other option they have at catcher. Because I think Joey Bart right now is not as likely to crush to hit mistakes. He still has way too much swing and miss. Even if he and Gary Sanchez profile to be similar, Joey Bart is still not at you know, they're not equal. So Gary Sanchez is the fully optimized version of Gary Sanchez. Joey Bart's still working to become Gary Sanchez, essentially. So why not get Gary Sanchez? Hopefully Joey Bart becomes him. You've got a 90 OPS plus catcher that will pull the ball uh, for a home run. Yeah, the, the other thing to take into account there is that if Gary Sanchez is on the roster and is the starter, then maybe they send Joey Bart down to Sacramento and they keep Austin Wins around. It seems like they... They could do that if they had more 40-man spots. That would be, I think, the natural choice. It, it could be that a roster crunch forces them not to. Um, but I would think they would rather do that and try to, you know, try to work on things with Bart. Remember last year when Bart went to Sacramento and he came back, he was better for a while. Um, eventually, the league caught up with him. Um, but he didn't, he wasn't even playing in games with the River Cats. He was just down there, like, working on whatever he was doing, which they never really said, which so we all assumed was just hitting. Right. So he should be able to come back for his rehab starting this week, I think. And so the giants yeah. can keep him down to rehab for what, a couple weeks. So if yeah, they... I mean, so the rehab rehab assignment is I think 20 days for a, for a position player though. They could also just option him. Yes. I, I really, but you're right about the 40 man spot for Gary Sanchez, but that decision doesn't have to be made until the end of the month. Um, so, you know, that's true. How are they going to find the 40 man spot? But you could still envision a scenario where, you know, someone gets hurt or, you know, someone else has to be moved to the 60 day. A lot of things could happen in that permutation. 
But you're totally right. The The catching spot is a, kind of an open question. Blake Sable, to me, does not feel like one of those um, experiments that are that is failing. He definitely feels like a guy that's like, he just needs more time. And the Giants are kind of stuck because of the, the Rule 5 situation where he's got to be on the Major League roster. But he also seems, you can see the talent there. You can see why they're interested in having him on there. Um, I hope they can hold on to him. I wonder, I wonder how they're going to figure that out. But um yeah you hope it's not going to be i like your austin wins idea i think that's most likely to happen for the time being um but once i think if joey bart does get optioned once he comes back up it's with the intention for him to stay yeah and for him to stay as either a starter or someone who's going to play half the games yes um, no for sure yeah like someone I think who's going to get yeah. a good amount of playing time okay so there's like another little side news item from the series um I feel like we've kind of covered the good and the bad for the week. Logan Webb was getting some getting the business from Tim Anderson in Chicago. I kind of want to talk about that real quick because it's pretty easy to defend uh, your the players on your favorite team. Although I've been guilty of not doing that sometimes, especially when it's like Madison Bumgarner. But Logan Webb uh, was called out by Tim Anderson, who got tossed from the game in Chicago uh, because Logan Webb quick pitched him. There was a timeout called the new rules should be said. This is our segment to talk about the, a week of the new rules. So there's a part of the rules in the 32nd clock. A hitter has to be ready, but with eight seconds to go on the clock. And then the pitcher and the catcher and the pitcher and the hitter have to like make eye contact before then to agree like, okay, I'm ready to hit. And the umpire has to see this. <laughs> and it, that did not happen in this example uh, when Tim Anderson had called timeout and was coming back. And so Logan Webb didn't wait after he came back into the box after the end of the timeout, didn't wait for him to make eye contact and and then pitched him and then was called out on the strike, which was not a strike. Should be should be noted <laughs> that the call to strike was not a strike. So Tim Anderson struck out. He went back to the bullpen and he was yelling at Logan Webb and saying that that, that was cheap move and he shouldn't have done that. According to the rules... Logan Webb was a hundred percent in the wrong. The only thing, the only sliver I can say there is that Logan Webb probably doesn't remember that. Like to me, it wasn't like he was like, I'm going to break the rule. It's like, it's the first week <laughs> and I'm not entirely, I forgot that I can't do that. I have to wait for him to look at me before I can pitch because I, I, I refuse to believe that a guy who uh, learned under Johnny Cueto was not for like he was forgetting. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. You know what I mean? So it was just weird to see these uh this opening week rules. Um it's it's always a bummer when your team's on the other side. But did you catch that and did you have an opinion on it? Uh I mean yeah so I saw the I saw like a breakdown of it and basically it was kind of a cheap move. Uh and it's on the umpires to to catch them to catch that and call it a ball. Like I don't know. Yeah like, I agree. It, Let's talk about another umpire screw up. The umpire screwed up in yeah. Sunday's game. Uh, there was a big confusion in the eighth inning, I think. No, in the seventh inning where the Royals were. Oh, back up, folks. If you're hearing a lot about pitch com malfunctions, it's with a humongous fingers doing air quotes. A malfunction. Right. This is the new bullshit teams are trying to push off to create more timeout opportunities for their pitchers. That's all it is. I, I'm just telling you right now, the balls are juiced. 
<laughs> and and Pitchcom is fine. And um, it, it is not such a sensitive piece of equipment that it goes off and online offline so often. This is just because you have so many. What is it? It's only five mound visits now a game. On top of two yeah. per in, in and two in an inning. So and then you've got things like you can only do two throwovers. Uh, it's called a disengagement uh, now. And and batters are allowed one timeout per at bat. So they can like literally call timeout to stop the clock and it, they can step out and, you know, clear a bug out of their eye or refix their batting gloves, whatever. The pace of play is obviously picked up. Time of games have gone down, but it has created all these weird things to which you were pointing out, Doug. The umpires have to be on a lot more in this case. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Royals were were dicking around with the the pitch com and acting because they wanted to bring in a new a new hitter. The Giants, Gabe Kapler was waiting to see who they were going to bring in before deciding if he wanted to pinch it with Blake Sable. The umpire saw Blake Sable standing there and he pointed him in the game. So then the Royals saw, oh, yeah. it's a it's a left hander coming in. Now we'll bring in uh, Yarborough, our left hander, to come in. And and Gabe Kapler was like, what the hell? No, I, I didn't. I didn't point him in, which is what I I point to you and tell him when my guy's coming in. And the umpire has even admitted it's Dan Isonia, I think he admitted after the game, like he blew it. Um, I could have the umpire wrong. That's just for some reason Dan Isonia was. No, it, yeah, it was Dan Isonia. Okay. I saw the the tweet after the game where he was like, "I got that wrong." I mean, I will say, you know, you, the Royals did kind of the cheap move there, and then it lost them the game. So it's <laughs> true. That's true. Right, That's true. That was, so you know what? That's what you get. And th- th- when Logan Webb quick pitched uh, Tim Anderson, that was the game the Giants lost. So That's there's great. a moral lesson there, uh, which right. is only in politics. <laughs> I mean, in, in both cases, there is that fuzziness, right? Because if the umpires had been on that, then neither Logan Webb nor the Royals would have been able to do what they did, right? Yeah, exactly. To me, Doug... Uh, causing MLB umpires, giving them more responsibilities might be the fatal flaw in this (laughs) of speeding up game times. I can think of no group of people less qualified uh, except for NBA refs. Tim Donaghy would call a great game. I think as long as you paid him to do it. One thing to say about this, about the game on Sunday in particular to what you were saying about the Royals and how it blew up in their faces. An interesting thing came about. Camilo Duvall pitched on Friday because he hadn't pitched and then he pitched on Saturday because they needed to hold the lead and that, that didn't work out. (laughs) And then he couldn't pitch on Sunday and the Royals couldn't use their, the best arms in their bullpen, uh, Chapman and I'm blanking on their closers name now. And, and so it wound up being the next tier of bullpen guys pitching for both teams right now. Taylor Rogers, unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, he's not, they didn't save him to close. He was like, you're staying in for the eighth. Right. And Tyler Rogers wound it, wound up, man, how good must it feel to be Tyler Rogers today? Being like, you're getting paid <laughs> like a closer, but I'm getting the save. <laughs> and then Taylor Rogers can say like, I have more money for doing less. <laughs> so I, I think, I think that'll be um, a point worth watching. I, I mean, you're exactly right, Doug. If the starters can go six innings, by the way, that's all they're that's all they are really asking is like, can you get us through six or into the sixth so that we're not having to cover so many extra, more extra innings? It'll. I think the Giants still have an advantage because the Giants' tier B, their next tier of bullpen arms, 
are probably better than a lot of teams tier B arms. I'm and not only are they stronger, like any of them, if they have their best year, could be a closer. Like, you know, we'll we'll bag on John Brebby. I was like, yeah, he's gonna fail or whatever. But like when he's on, he's he's great, you know, you and you feel good about him. You can feel good about him for like weeks at a time. Um Taylor Rogers, he did it for for years in Minnesota. Uh obviously Scott Alexander's been incredible since he's since he come to the Giants. I don't know how long that's gonna last, but sure. Uh I'll take it. Tyler Rogers had ERAs in like the ones and twos for three years uh before before you know he had a little blip last year. So that's sort of sort of that second tier. They could be great and they could be real hard to to face. Um and they have a lot more guys in Sacramento who could who could make that jump up to the majors. You know, Cole Waits could make the jump up to the up to the majors. Um and you know pretty soon uh rj dabovich a little later probably he still has some stuff to work on a couple of melvin adon uh who's apparently back and throwing hard again you know so they have guys who could do that so i think hopefully there won't be a situation where there's you know last year dominic leone was awful for a while uh jake mcgee got tons and tons of rope um and so you can look at a bullpen that got tired and be like, not only are the guys who are in the bullpen not going to get tired, but when something, but if, if something goes wrong with one of them, if one of them can't do it, you know, now, then they have options to replace them. Perfect segue. I still think somehow, because if they can be effective as a group as they were, and let's, let's face it, let's just make the comp. If they can be as effective this year as they were in 2021, with both the starters going deep into games and then the arms because of that being fresher and and being very skillful in their own way, it will give the Giants a chance to do what they did in 2021, which is if it's close, they can hit a home run to win the game or go ahead. Just exactly what they did on Sunday. I mean, I would prefer the ones where they're just bludgeoning teams in the first four, five innings yeah. because it sounds great and it's kind of it's like a pleasurable numbing effect that happens when it's like, oh, the Giants won 16 to six. That was that was cool. Uh, but the Giants hit 13, they hit 13 home runs uh, through Thursday. It is the most, they matched their franchise record for most in a three game series in that, in, in uh, that Chicago series. I mean, I want to talk about the lineup just before we preview next week, but I, I just want to spotlight a couple of other things besides Michael Conforto, JD Davis smacking the crap out of the ball. But <laughs> our boy, our boy, our JD. Boy, Davis. JD. <laughs> Wilmer Flores hitting exactly as they signed him to that three-year extension for (laughs) like, it's like, go ahead, put a left-hander again against him. See what happens. How did he get that ball to bounce over the third base bag? He's Wilmer Flores. It's what he does. (laughs) He'll be there for you. That's right. That's right. Tyro Estrada. I already mentioned just like hitting the ball, still hit, uh, hitting the ball in the screws quite a lot. Uh, very impressive. Tuck, is there any, is there anyone you want to like say, like talk about? Because again, again, JD Davis is in, is in the best shape of his life. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, you can tell. You can tell he's in the best shape of his life. He's jumping 100%. and slapping home home plate with the plum. He's doing great. I, I want to see if David I mean, I'd, VR I'd can say, keep it going. Yeah. Oh, is that who you're going to say? Yeah, Sorry, I think, go ahead. No. So I was going to say Lamont Wade Jr. Just having him at that leadoff spot uh, with a 471 on base percentage. Um, you know, you can't ask for more than that. He's, uh, you know, he hit that that 
he crushed that homer, which was fun, even though the Giants blew that game. Um, but like he's been take he's he's walked seven times and struck out seven times this year. Um, he's he's doing exactly what you want a leadoff hitter to do, and you you know we've seen him be a great hitter before. If he can keep it going, um, sure he's not the prototypical first baseman who hits thirty five homers, but he's going to be incredibly valuable and incredibly useful for this team. So Lamont Wade's home run, his solo shot had an exit velocity of 111.5 miles per hour, which is the most he's ever, the hardest he's ever hit a ball in the StatCast era, which happens to coincide with his entire career. And then David VR uh, also set a maximum for exit velocity for him this year too. It might've been on his grand slam. I'm just guessing. And then Mike Yastrzemski has also tied his previous career high. We haven't talked about Mike Yastrzemski very much, but if the ball's juiced, which let's assume it is, I'm sure it is, taking advantage of what you have is is uh, is all you can ask, right? And, you know, when the Giants have played in ballparks that have been favorable to offense, we've seen them plenty of times not be able to take advantage. So yeah. if the ball is juiced and they have guys who can hit the ball hard and the ball is hitting, they're hitting it hard enough where the ball is helping with the rest to set new records. Great. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, about you, I want to say this. Uh, I, the only thing he can do is try his hardest. I know it sounds stupid, but he made a great play in center field on Saturday. You know, defensively, he's a calming presence in center field, which is kind of remarkable to say. When I think of center field defense, I'm not like thinking about Mikey Stremski so much. And he's not like such a, he's not like trying to hustle to overcompensate for his offensive deficiencies, but he is, his at-bats have looked okay. I, I don't feel like he's been, uh, he doesn't look as lost in this first week as he did at many times last year. Um, and even at times the year before. Uh, but, you know, a stabilizing guy to have out there. When Austin Slater comes back, that will be nice to have as well. But for now, the, the lineup is not a, a concern. It, it's just like, can they get the big hit when they need it? And can Ross Stripling please stop vomiting and shitting all over the field? Please. Right. So, <laughs> like, honestly, if Ross Stripling could just calm his irritable bowel syndrome, the Giants would be in <laughs> such a better place. Starting today, the Dodgers are in town tonight for three games. They've set up their rotation so that their three best starters, uh, their only good starters, maybe, <laughs> uh, they're going to face Urias and May and Kershaw. And then they're going to go to, then the Giants will go to Detroit to face Scott Harris's team. And you'd like to think the, the Giants would be able to face off against a rebuilding Detroit team. But as the season, the series against the Royals showed, nothing's guaranteed, man. <laughs> scared so That's do you have right. any feelings about the first yeah. Dodgers series of the year? Pain. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the Dodger, the Dodgers are not as good as they've been in years past. It seems like right now, um, you know, you're not terrified of like every spot in the lineup, just most of them. But yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, you still expect to come in and be an objectively better team than the giants just because they, they, what they have is, has such a stronger track record than what the Giants have. Um, and that's not to say the Giants can't compete. You know, if you look at the Giants, you know, if the Giants guys have, like, they're close to their peak years or, like, regular good years, then they're a strong baseball team who can play with anyone. Um, 
But if the Dodgers have their best years, then they're, you know, they'll beat anyone. But I would say that, you know, it's it's going to be a tough series. And now that the the loss, win, loss, win, loss, win thing is over, it's anyone, anything could happen. That's right. We, we thought we knew how it was going to happen this weekend. And the, the Giants lost the game they should have won and won the game they should have lost. So I don't know. Maybe they're back on track. But the Dodgers uh, are five and five. They are on a three game yeah. losing streak. They got handled pretty well in Arizona yesterday. And, you know, it's it's early, so it's hard to pull anything out there. I think with the Giants, we've kind of thought about it. It's a low variance roster. I believe that's what you said, Doug. So to to a large degree, we are seeing exactly why. <laughs> the what we signed up for, what the Giants signed up for with a lot of the players that they got. Um, and with the Dodgers, it does seem like they have a much higher ceiling. And right now they could be at a low spot or as we'll find out as the season goes on, they actually, they are pretty close to their ceiling. We just don't know because on top of their talent, it's possible for some of their great players to have down years. That's not like an impossibility, but you know, I think it's always a good, I think the Giants and Giants fans, I think we always want to see how the Giants are doing as they compare to teams like the Dodgers, mainly the Dodgers, if we're being honest. You know, if they're if they're beating the Dodgers, then you got to feel pretty good about where the Giants are at. And if they're struggling against them, um, then it gets then you're like, oh, I guess the Giants aren't that good anyway. So I would like to hope that I I'd like to hope that the series against the Dodgers is uh, positive and that the series against Detroit is not embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that they they do a better job against Detroit than they did against Kansas City. Last week we kind of half predicted the home run barrage with uh, with the White Sox, being, saying that their their stadium guaranteed great field was a home run hitters park, and the Giants do have guys who hit the ball hard. Uh, so, I mean, Doug, is there any random prediction you want to make based on the matchups this week? Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> you are putting me on the spot. Yeah. I think that, uh, the giants win two out of three in Detroit. I'm going to say that. I think that the, the Dodger series has a potential to get a little messy offensively, even though it's at, it's at Oracle park. I think, uh, Conforto looked really pumped on that home run yesterday and maybe he's starting to figure things out. And I think, the idea that both of these teams are going to be meeting each other with their best pitchers. Doesn't that sometimes very, not all the time, but in baseball history, we certainly watched enough where it's like, this is going to be a bloodbath of pitching. And then it turns out they're all high scoring games because nobody can get any, each other out. Uh, yeah. Julio, so I think, I think one of the games is going to be a really good pitching matchup. And then the other two are not. Yeah. And then I'd like to hope that again, two Oh three against Detroit. That would be, that would be preferable. We'll see, but maybe Scott Harris took all the secrets with him. We'll find out. <laughs> well, why was uh, he Doug... using them last year in San Francisco? <laughs> Cause he was interviewing at other places. <laughs> God, Completely checked out. Doug, you want to preview any of your writing where people can find you? Uh, you can find me at giantsdoug.substack.com, uh, where I write, twice a week about the giants this week i'm gonna do parts two and three of my prospect quick hits with the Rivercats prospects i talked to on their media day which was uh now two wednesdays ago great i'm still writing at mccoveychronicles.com i haven't figured out what i'm gonna write this week that could be an issue 
But <laughs> suffice it to say, I'm very interested to see uh, Lamont Wade's progress. I'm fo- These are the hitters I'm focusing on this week for potentially writing about. Lamont Wade Jr. and uh, and David VR, just to see what happens with them. All right. And so check out Fans First Sports Network. We, there's a YouTube channel now. Again, Doug, we gotta got to get in shape. They're going to make us do video at some point. So, oh, wow. uh, and they have a Facebook Sorry, page. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> we have a Facebook page now. Why is Facebook matter? It turns out it's still one of the top referral traffic referrals that are out there. Twitter was always a dead end. It's its own contained ecosystem. Facebook is not. So if you have any uncles, aunts, grandparents out there, and you think that they'd like to hear uh, more Giants podcasting out there, check out Fans First SN. That's where you can find it on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. That's the at sign. So until next week, thanks for listening and go Giants.